The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. The Pet Buzz gives you the latest 411 on everything pet related. Everything pet related. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic Pet Duo. Greetings. Uh, We welcome our listeners who tune in each week from around the world. You know, it's really interesting, but when I started working in TV, there were so few reporters and other staff members who worked at stations that had pets. And, And maybe because of the long and crazy hours they worked, maybe they were afraid at the time to commit to a four legged buddy. But now so many producers, anchors and other staff members at TV station have pets. And Sometimes on air, especially now, when we talk about their pets, they lose themselves. Just for a moment, I see the love in their eyes. I see that warmth in their hearts. I see their love shine through, especially now with isolation, social distancing, and COVID-19 fatigue. But really, I got to tell you, I see you guys too. I see the love that you have for your pets. And thank goodness for our pets. We love them so much. But really, we need them. And I couldn't imagine a day without hungry, sleeping, playing, snoring, walking, pooping, and attention-demanding dogs and cats. What about you? It's a really good thought. Yeah. It really is. What about you? Every day, every client that comes in, especially as they mature, Uh oh, my gosh. But you can see that love they have from their their pets. That's absolutely right. But now, Dr. Fleck, let's kick off the pet buzz with our weekly countdown. So in segment four, we're talking with agricultural writer Laura Drotliff about the wildly growing hemp CBD market. You're going to want to stick around for this segment. And in seg three, we're speaking with the brilliant Dr. Rosalind Arden about how she tests canine intelligence as well as the doggy IQ test she created for greenies. You and your dog just got to take it. It's really super fun. In segment two, Charlotte dishes about celebrities and their pets. And in Flex Facts, I discuss warning signs of sick dogs. And in segment one, we are talking about petiquette. When on a video conference call, you know today's remote work world has provided both benefits and challenges for pet parents. The additional quality time we get with our furry friends is definitely a positive, but there are some hurdles many folks are learning to navigate, like what to do with your pet during a Zooming call. So joining us today is Miss Fido Manners, a.k.a. our own pet trendologist, Charlotte Reed. Her book, The Miss Fido Manners Complete Book of Etiquette, is the ultimate guide to manners for dogs and their people. Shall I call you Miss Fido? Well, Charlotte, I mean, (laughs) Miss Fido, when is it appropriate to have a dog on Zoom, Skype, 
or other video conference calls. Well, you know, I'm glad that you brought this up, Dr. Fleck, because this is a challenge that we're all dealing with on a regular basis, whether we're talking to our boss at work or we're having a yappy hour with other dogs from around the country. But, you know, I think it's appropriate to have your pet on a video call when you're catching up with family members or a friend, or like I said, you're dropping in for a happy hour, maybe even a play doggy date with a friend, really a non-professional gathering. But you don't want to include your dog and cat or other animal on a screen if you're having a job interview or a professional meeting with clients or other employees. Great advice. Great advice. So prior to these types of audio video calls, what should you do with your pet? Another great question and one that really pertains to our life every day, because you know, you and I have talked about interviews that we've seen where a priest is giving communion and the cat jumps up or a a gal in Taiwan was doing an interview where cats are fighting in the background. So, you know, I always say um, not only are these calls obviously for business purposes, they can even be used for TV segments. And I've been doing a lot of TV segments, but I have to have included my pet in those. So I always suggest before you get on a jump on one of these calls, a really a good bit of exercise, maybe take your dog out for a long walk or even a romp in the yard prior to a meeting. I think that's key. You might even want to give your dog a Kong stuffed with frozen cheese or peanut butter to keep him busy while you're preoccupied. But to contain the mess, you might even want to crate him. Well, since these video conference calls really, and you and I talked about this, Mm -hmm. they are here to stay. I suggest you teach your dog to go to his bed or crate and relax. And you can just simply Go to your bed. I mean, my old, my all my dogs have learned the go to your bed command. So practice every day, three or four times a day until he gets it. And then with cats, you know, exercise them with a fishing pole toy. Put them in another room so they don't jump on the table and cross the camera while you are on the computer. And moreover, who wants them fighting or playing in the background when you're having an important call with your boss or a potentially <laughs> new client? I know. And, and I must point out, it is so rewarding to see you with this lifestyle sort of concern with pets instead of on TV watching the election and watching COVID-19, something that's uplifting and enjoyable. And you always do. It's a break. Such a great, you do such a great. Thank you so much. That's so kind of you. When you've helped, because you are always giving me positive criticism on how I can be better on television. Constructive constructive okay but it's positive it's positive okay so what do you do if your pet is misbehaving during your skype or your zoom session well you know if you have if you have a vocal pet for example a pet that's barking or crying it's always a good idea to keep the mute button on until you need to speak so if your pet is misbehaving hide yourself there's always features on those on the on the skype or the zoom program to hide yourself and deal with the problem you know prior to walking away double check that you have pressed mute before dealing with your dog or a cat because nobody wants to hear you disciplining your dog at the you know when you're on a business call absolutely unfortunately it's happened to both of us hasn't it yeah Mm -hmm. 
Okay, any last points? Yeah, you know, pets can help build personal relationships, and folks do like to see them on camera. They ease a lot of tension, but you want to be considerate and don't have them be the star of your Zoom or your Skype session. Think of it this way. No one wants to see your active child vying for attention from you or, you know, your as a parent on the video conference, but they might want to see an adorable pooch or kitty for a minute before conducting the business at hand and you know what i always say save fido or fifi's or felix's charisma for his instagram and his facebook accounts well the pet bus really wants to thank you so much for joining us miss fido manners well you're welcome it's always a pleasure being here well once again that was charlotte reed aka miss fido manners You can purchase her book on Amazon.com and brush up on your doggy manners. And it's reasonably priced. Okay, stay tuned. We'll be back in a flash. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use the Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. My name is Michelle Schaefer. I'm the mom of three boys, and I'm from Haddonfield and North Wildwood, New Jersey. I met Aladdin through my work with Lilo's Promise Animal Rescue, and I foster the emaciated dogs that come into our program. Aladdin came to us. He had been dumped at the side of the road. He weighed about 18 pounds. He had broken bones, other wounds, and he was missing 12 teeth. He was the worst abuse case I had ever seen. The most moving experience that I've had while working with Aladdin were when we were first responders at the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando, Florida. And Aladdin usually works off leash. He was on leash that night and he led me over to a very specific person. And here that man had been in the nightclub the night of the shootings. He and Aladdin shared a very special moment that really made me cry. Aladdin has changed the way I see the world in a million different ways. The main thing is to treat people with kindness and compassion. My name is Michelle Schaefer, and Aladdin and I are individuals. How often should you bathe your pet? Well, I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed, and I'm asked that question often. How often you should wash your dog depends on a number of factors, including his health, breed, coat, and activity level, as well as where these activities are taking place. Dogs who spend days outside rolling and things are going to need a bath far more often than the ones who spend most of their time on the couch. Or you can always take the smell test. If your dog walks into the room and you can smell them, it's time for a bath. Make sure when it's time for a bath, you gather up all the supplies, including a non-slip mat and plenty of towels. Use shampoo formulated for dogs and turn your cell phone off to avoid distraction. And if you have a dog that hates getting a bath, smear some peanut butter on the bathtub wall and let him lick it off while you bathe him. Then he'll know bathing can really be a treat. When your doctor recommended omega fatty acids as a daily supplement, he told you that they promoted better heart, brain, skin, joint, and immune system health. Well, doesn't it make sense for your pet to have the same health benefits? 
EpiPet Whole Fish Treat, an all-natural smoked fish supplement, is 100% bioavailable, bringing your pets the nutrients they need to keep them healthy and happy. We first heard about EpiPet at our local rescue shelter where our family adopted Lucy, a 10-year-old yellow lab. She was in tough shape, but we noticed within just a few days how soft and thick her coat was getting. She has more energy now, loves to chase her favorite tennis ball, and most importantly, how happy and healthy Lucy is now. We could not be happier. Thanks, EpiPet. To order better pet health for your dog or cat, just visit epi-pet.com. That's epi-pet.com. Thank you so much for joining the Pet Buzz. This show is hosted by the Pet Dynamic Duo. I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. So, hey, everybody, let's start this segment by kicking it off with some celebrity pet news. So while on the Gina, the Latina and Frankie V morning show airing 6 a.m. to 10 in San Diego, Miley Cyrus, you know, that wild child, Mm -hmm. the wrecking ball gal, she recalled some of the most embarrassing things her pets have done. She talked about her pooch little dog and his, get this, deadly antics seems as if her first day on the set of the voice little dog bit into the wires while she was taping the show the dog bit on wires of the tv set that everyone was watching and then the tv went off but then again someone noticed the dog was convulsing because he was in the process of being electrocuted so i know so here's my warning while you might not be on a sound stage like Miley, double check the wires around your home and make sure your dog or cat will not bite, chew, or play with them for a shockingly good time. Additionally, I'm happy to report Miley's dog survived and is thriving. And I thought this was really key. And a reason I wanted to bring it up is because so many people did, in fact, adopt dogs and cats during the pandemic, many of which are first-time pet owners, and they don't know. And especially in this studio, there are wires everywhere. So when we generally have the dogs here, they're up on our tables with us. Right, Dr. Fleck? That's right. Absolutely. Okay. Now what everyone's been waiting for, and me too. Flex Facts. Welcome to Just the Facts. Just the Facts. Or fiction. Just the facts, ma'am. You want answers! I want the truth! It's gonna take long. You got the time. So, Dr. Fleck, what are we gonna talk about today? Well, since so many people have adopted dogs, just like you said during the pandemic, mm-hmm. I think it is a good idea to talk about warning signs of sick dogs. This is a way you know what to look for. So you can take appropriate action when necessary. So, okay. So let's start out by you telling us what are the doggy danger signals? Well, learning to interpret the danger signs and knowing what action to take can help you decide that best course of action in the event your dog is not feeling his best. Okay. Or her best. Or her best. Mm -hmm. It's not always easy to detect illness in your dog, so you'll need to look for a range of subtle signs that may indicate a potential problem. This is key. If you do notice anything out of the ordinary, don't rely on books or websites for a diagnosis. 
contact your vet immediately. Dr. Google doesn't always have the answer. Good point. Okay, so what symptoms should we watch for in our dogs? Let's say diarrhea, because my friend Candace called up and said, my dog has diarrhea, what do I do? Yeah, diarrhea, diarrhea. People think it's funny, but it's really wet and runny. I understand. (laughs) So if that's happening, if your dog has persistent constipation or diarrhea, which we're going to talk about, that lasts for longer than 48 hours where there are any differences in the poo, such as the presence of blood or mucus, it is recommended to visit your vet. If you can take a fresh poop sample with you, that would be very helpful. Okay, what if you have a dog that has excessive urination or thirst? This not only happened to my dog, but it happened to me too. <laughs> yeah, well, you're we're, unusual. I know you're laughing because we're getting so personal here. Go ahead. <laughs> unusual excessive thirst and frequent urination is a common sign of illness. So it is illness. Additionally, look out for yelping when urinating, a hunchback, or blood in the urn. Okay, great advice. Now, what if my chow hound refuses to eat? And so many of you Labrador owners know about chow hounds. Mm-hmm. Well, for a range of reasons, your dog's eating patterns may occasionally become irregular. But if your dog refuses food for more than a day into day two, consult your vet. Okay. Now, here's one, a very common problem that we usually only talk about once a year. What if your dog has swollen or red gums? Well, your reddened or swollen gums, particularly when associated with bad breath, are an indication of gum disease. When severe, dogs may lose teeth even, drop food from their mouths, and suffer weight loss due to the difficulty of just eating. I have to comment because... Even though Ty doesn't have that many teeth, he always manages to eat. That's our dog. Little Ty, you've probably seen him on TV. His tongue hangs out. That's why we call him Ty the Tongue. Okay. What if your dog is vomiting a lot or gagging? Well, of course, persistent sickness or choking when eating is a concern. Mm -hmm. So vomiting can be a sign of developing even allergies or a more serious infection, particularly in older dogs. Kennel cough can also be a serious contagious disease that we protect for on an annual basis. Sometimes twice a year if you're traveling a lot. Twice a year if you're exposed. Go to dog parks, go to the boarding facilities, Mm -hmm. travel, etc. Okay, what if your dog has a runny nose or runny eyes? Sneezing, panning, runny eyes, and nose or other flu-like symptoms. Notice I said flu type. Maybe signs of... Flu type or flu-like. Flu-like okay. and flu-type and okay. flu-everything okay. can, can indicate some respiratory problems as our gasping or shortness of the breath. And we know that dogs do get COVID-19 and that symptoms are similar to humans. But let's wait off on the COVID-19. Let's think of the other illnesses first. Okay. So what if your pet starts to lose or gain weight? Well, you should be concerned if your dog appears to lose weight progressively over two to four weeks, let's say, or shows a slow but steady weight loss over a longer period of time. Unexpected weight gain can also indicate a problem, leading to obesity. So many fat pets. So, so many, many fat, fat pets. pets out there. They packed on the pounds during the pandemic like many of their owners. So just, just give me the rundown about prevention quickly. 
Well, annual vet checks are the best preventative medicine and strategy. Always that's the best. Annual vet appointments not only help to detect disease in its early stages when it's most likely to respond to treatment, it can also help you avoid significant medical expenses and risk your dog's health if any illness goes undetected. In addition, by establishing your pet's normal baseline when they are healthy, your veterinarian and you are more likely to see when something is wrong with your pet. So younger dogs should see the vet at least one or two times a year, older pets two or three times a year. Yeah, the seniors need to go. And, you know, people say it's expensive, but, you know, your dog, he or she can't talk to you. He can't tell you what's wrong with him. So it's always better to play it safe because nobody wants to go to the vet three years later and then find out their pet's really ill and has a great... Hey, we all have love our pets, and we all have this great bond between the pet and, and us as pet pet owners and pet partners, and we want them to be with us for as long as they can with that quality of life. It's just terrible that they don't live as long as we want. So spend time with your veterinarian. Ask them how we can promote that. And many veterinarians have programs that will help you with that, too. Yeah. Well, this was great information. I think it was a great segment idea, Dr. Fleck. Anything else? That's all the Fleck facts for the week. Great information, Dr. Fleck. Great idea for a segment. Stick around because we have more of the pet buzz very soon, right after our commercial break. I'm going to give you my I likey for the week. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, visit epi-pet.com. Everpet knows there's a lot in your life that you worry about. We want to make sure your pet's flea and tick protection isn't one of them. Teva Pet offers vet quality flea and tick protection that has the same active ingredients as leading brands like Canine Advantix 2 and Frontline Plus, but that cost much less, which means you can give your pet total flea protection worry-free. And the best part is you can get Teva Pet flea and tick topicals delivered right to your door when you shop on TevaPet.com. Teva Pet, helping you and your pet live your best life. Welcome back. You are listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio. I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. And I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. It's now it's time for my I Likey of the Week. That's the way it has to be because that's the way I like it. It's genius. I like it. I love you so much. I like it. It's to die for. I like it. So what am I liking right now? I'm liking, get this Dr. Fleck, online pumpkin carving classes. Can you believe it? 
No. I know. Would you like to learn how to carve pumpkins like a pro? Well, join special online pumpkin carving classes where you'll learn interesting techniques that will help you make your jack-o'-lantern look amazing. You can just watch and get tips or carve along with your host. If you do have a few of your friends on there, you can all get pumpkins and you can start carving. You know, at the end of class, many of the instructors will have a contest for those who are carving and see who is aspiring pumpkin carving artiste. Well, try to carve a ghoulish image of your dog or a scary cutout of your cat. These classes cost about $12 per person. They're popping up all over the country, so you can either join this one at New York socialnetwork.com or you can find another fun one near you you know we're talking about all this online activity this is the new wave of the future so it might sound a little strange but you know what get out that pumpkin start carving (laughs) i know it sounds really strange but let's bring on our next guest so you think your dog is smart don't you well we're going to find out just how smart he really is. Yes. You know, we're talking with Dr. Rosalind Arden about testing the cognitive ability of dogs. Dr. Arden, Charlotte and I are pleased to welcome you to the Pet Buzz today. Thanks, Dr. Fleck. I'm really excited to be with you. So, as a practicing veterinarian, many of my dog owners, the pet owners, believe that their pooches are smart. But why do we need to know if our dogs are smart? What is the benefit of studying a dog's cognitive ability or its intelligence? Well, that's an excellent question. There are lots of reasons, really. One of them is that by studying dogs, we can find out if dogs are typical of all mammals and if humans are like dogs in being just another mammal. But another reason is to think, well, we need to find ways to keep them engaged and alive, just like we do crosswords. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm laughing. That's so funny, but I guess it's true. So why are dogs good models to test cognitive ability? Oh, dogs are excellent because they really like working with us. So I would love to test cognitive ability in raccoons, but it stresses them out. So dogs are a fantastic model to begin with because they enjoy working with humans, and we want it to be a win-win. You know, it's funny because when I was reading your research, there were some other things that I thought were so funny. One was they could easily get to the center where you were located because they didn't have to drive themselves. They were driven, (laughs) I think I believed, somewhere. And also they didn't have any um, other, what was it, socioeconomic or cultural. In all of the fancy scientific language, I I did extract that. So I thought that was kind of really interesting. Okay, go ahead, Dr. Vlog, you had a question. Now, in your research for the testing cognitive abilities of the dogs, you used a specific breed, the Border Collie. Why did you use that breed versus multiple breeds, and what was the benefit? Okay, so one thing you can really rely on with a Border Collie is that they never have alcohol problems. So that made them really <laughs> And another thing is, it's a bit like thinking of dogs that are brought up in castles or cabins. Our dogs were all working dogs, and so we knew they had similar rearing environments and experiences, and that made them a really great breed to work with. Yeah, you don't see our King Charles Spaniels doing any of that stuff. They're just kind of sitting on, hanging on the couch and stuff like that. So they, they, they're they smart, 
but no. They're not working. Okay. Well, if you've just joined us, we're talking with Dr. Rosalind Arden about testing the cognitive ability of dogs. Dr. Arden, how did you test the dogs for their cognitive abilities? What tasks did they need to perform for you and your research? Well, in our research, we had four different tests, increasingly complicated, in which the dog had to navigate around a series of barriers to get to a food treat. And that was kind of challenging for some dogs. Another thing we asked them to do is to discriminate between larger and smaller. And of course, we offered them peanut butter because who doesn't like peanut butter? And then the last thing we asked them to do was call, we call it a social point. Can the dog follow an arm gesture to a beaker that's got a tasty food treat hidden underneath it? Hmm. So what did your results reveal? We found that just like people, dogs that tended to be pretty good at one task were likely to be pretty good at a different kind of task. So just as you do with people, you get all-rounder dogs. We found there was no trade-off between speed and accuracy, and some dogs were just better at everything than other dogs. Just like people. Just like people. Now, is the structure of cognitive ability in dogs similar to that of humans? We think of ourselves as having huge different strengths and weaknesses, but in humans there tends to be a disposition for us to be, you know, pretty good at most things or pretty rubbish at lots of things or just darn excellent at everything. And we found that that is true for dogs too, that there's some that were just, you know, right in that cuddle sofa pile and some dogs that weren't happy unless they were learning something new every day. Yeah, just like people. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, doctor, can you explain how understanding how cognitive abilities fit into the fitness landscape? Well, it's very simple, really. It's a kind of healthy mind, healthy body thing. Dogs live for quite a long time. We want them to age well. And we think that if engaging their minds and remembering that as well as going for walks, we want to give them little puzzles and we want to keep their faculties alive, we think that it can probably help them in their welfare, reduce any destructive behavior, and just keep them, you know, healthy and developing, in an, aging and developing in a lovely, healthy way. Now, let's have some fun. You recently developed a doggy eye test for greenies. So can you tell us about that and how dog owners can have a little fun with their dogs? Absolutely. So this was a really nice project to do, this greenies project. And anyone can find it just by Googling greenies like doggy IQ. So it's very simple. We asked, can you, can you teach, we show you on the screen, can you teach your dog or your puppy to nudge your fist? We can, and we've chosen a fist so that the dog won't snap at your fingers. We've asked, can the puppy find a treat under a cup? If it has to choose one cup out of the three and see if it'll test its memory. And we ask if your dog can find its way around a blanket thrown over a chair to, to find a treat. And these are all testing different aspects of doggy ability. But the main thing is, we think this is going to be fun for owners, fun for dogs, and just remind people how to engage with their animals in a, in a fun way which enhances their welfare. 
You know, every day with my the pet owners that bring their pets as they age into the practice, it's always important that they start thinking about the that that pet partnership and and the, the quality of life and how long they're going to be able to share that life together. And so, what your information and your research is so very important in helping to expand that and keep the pet partnership growing as it can. And we thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Fleck. So that was Dr. Rosalind Arden discussing the cognitive abilities of dogs. For a little fun, test your dog's IQ at doggyiq.greenies.com and learn more about Dr. Arden's research. Visit gwern.net. That's gwern.net. We will post specific link on our social media channel so you can check it out. And up next, celebrate National CBD Month with us and learn more about the pet CBD market. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. What would you do with two and a half more years with your dog? Two and a half more years of fetch, of walks, of love. Studies show that overweight dogs live two and a half years less on average than dogs at a healthy weight. But Slim Paws is here to help. Veterinarian recommended weight loss in one daily chew for your dog. Slim Paws, for the long, healthy life of your dog. Trendologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. You know, we're urban. Suburban. And country. 59 markets across the country and growing strong with Talk Media Network. You want to listen to our show on a weekly basis at the market nearest you. Okay, so for my global pet news, I'm going to say meow this. Meow this. Well, archaeologists came across a faded feline outline while conducting maintenance work at a UNESCO heritage site known as the Nazca Lines, Peru's Ministry of Culture announced last week. So this image, it stretches for about 40 yards on the hillside in Peru. It appears to be a cat lounging, as cats often do. The cat-like geoglyph, which experts say dates from about 200 B.C. to about 100 B.C., is the latest discovery among the carvings of larger-than-life animals and plants previously found between the towns of Nazca and Palpa in the desert plain about 250 miles southeast of the capital, which is Lima. According to the Peruvian cultural minister, the discovery shows once again the rich and varied cultural legacy of the site. Okay, the Nazca lines were first discovered by a Peruvian aerial surveyor in 1927. Images of a hummingbird, a monkey, and an orca were unearthed on the site. Some of these images are believed 
to represent that the Nazca wanted to display their reverence for the natural world and pay homage to their gods. So look at the image of the supersized feline on our social media channels. It's kind of wild that it's so old, this little, and you can definitely tell it's a cat for sure. Okay. October is National Pet CBD Month. CBD is becoming incredibly popular for its multitude of wellness properties, and millions are choosing to add this natural alternative to their day-to-day regimen. With so many people experiencing CBD firsthand, it's natural to want to provide their pets with the same wellness options. So joining us today is Laura Drotloff. Laura has specialized in agricultural journalism for the past 20 years. Most recently, she served as the editor of a B2B publication and multimedia properties focused on productivity, efficiency, and profitability in commercial greenhouse cultivation. She has reported on multiple aspects of specialty crops, including floriculture, fruit, vegetables, citrus, and cannabis. She also has served extensively on various horticultural industry association boards. Additionally, she is the author of the newly released report from Hemp Industry Daily, the insights on the growing market for hemp CBD pet products in partnership with the Nielsen Company. Laura is a Michigan State University graduate. Go Spartans! Laura, Charlotte, and I are pleased to welcome you to the Pet Buzz today. Hi, Dr. Fleck. Hi, Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. We are pleased to have you. And so let's start right out with this. What is CBD and why is it so popular with pet owners? So CBD uh, is also known as cannabidiol, and it is one of more than 100 cannabinoids that are derived from cannabis plants, and in this case from low THC hemp plants. Um, And CBD is extracted from both hemp flower and the whole plant to create an oil that can be used in several different product formulations. And it is uh, non-psychoactive, so it doesn't make pets high at all. Um, And CBD has become popular over the last couple of years with pet parents because it provides a natural, holistic, plant-based way for pets to receive certain therapeutic benefits. And um, it actually happens that all mammals, from humans to pets, have what's called an endocannabinoid system in their bodies, which is why CBD is so effective. Cool. I think that was a great definition, I think, necessary, because I think a lot of people hear about CBD, but they don't know what CBD is. Okay, Laura, talk to us about who is giving pet CBD and why. Give us some demographics of, of who these people are that are buying it and, and what pet ailments are, prompt, are prompting pet owners to give their pet CBD. Sure. So the market for CBD uh, pet products is pretty new. About 75% of dog owners and 80% of cat owners don't currently use hemp CBD or give it to their pets. So the number of people who are giving their pets CBD is still pretty marginal, not because they're not interested, but because they may not have had a chance to use it yet or buy it. Spending on the health and wellness of pets is definitely on the rise. And of the consumers who purchase hemp CBD for their pets, there's a greater use of CBD products for dogs than for cats with about 13% of dog owners giving it to their pets versus 4% of cat owners. Back and joint pain is the top reason that pet owners purchase CBD for their pets. 
And other top concerns were anxiety, stress, arthritis, skin issues, and then just general health and wellness. A lot of reasons people are buying CBD, Dr. Fleck. Yeah, and you know, Laura, I think that 13% uh, figure that you've given for canine use of of uh, CBD, I actually think that's low compared to what I see in my practice on a daily basis with many of the many of my clients that share that information with me. I think that's mm-hmm. a low ball number. So anyway, how does CBD compare with other supplements and pharmaceuticals used to cure or help with those ailments and maladies? And what about the price differences? Sure. So every pet is different. And right now, because there are no legal regulations or standards set for pet products um, to the FDA, CBD products really differ. So they may have different effects based on the individual pet. Most CBD pet product manufacturers offer information on how their products are made and also provide dosage calculators on their website. But right now, it's a matter of trialing products to see how they work for you and your pet. And companies also cannot legally make medical claims about their products' effects on pets currently. Cost-wise, CBD pet products tend to be pricier than conventional non-CBD products because the hemp and CBD supply chain is still currently very new, and the costs are very high for making these products. So some CBD products are quite a bit higher in price. So, for example, supplements are about six times higher than non-CBD product supplements, and then Dried dog food with CBD is 74% more. There's dog food uh, with CBD? There's dog food with CBD now? Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And then medicine is three times more costly if it has CBD in it. You close your eyes for six months during a pandemic and you kind of miss out on a few things. You know, I mean, it's kind of crazy. Okay, so let's, I mean, other than the food, I mean, what's uh, the FDA status of CBD? Yeah, so whether it's food or supplements, the FDA does not consider CBD in any amount from any source to be legal. And so actually this summer, an FDA attorney told um, a gathering, a conference of veterinarians, the AVMA, that the FDA is concerned that consumers think CBD products have been evaluated by the FDA and determined to be safe, but or simply that using CBD for the pets can't hurt. But that's not true yet. Actually, the industry is still looking for FDA to come out with guidance on how um, CBD products can be used legally so that they can move forward and be able to, to market these products. Veterinarians can't yet prescribe or recommend CBD products yet, but they are certainly interested and hopeful for regulations from the FDA, too, because many recognize the clinical and therapeutic benefits of CBD products. And there are several research projects underway now that are testing the effectiveness uh, and the value of food and supplements for pets. Well, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, fellow Spartan Laura, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I yeah. appreciate it. This has been fun. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. It's always too soon to wrap the show. But before we go, we want to give you a preview for next week's show. So next week, we're talking about more Halloween building rapport with cats with your eyes. Look, I'm, am I flirting? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> Making dog food more delectable by analyzing aromas. That can either be really interesting or really kind of gross. You know what I mean? Mm. Special thanks to our guest, Miss Fido Manners, mm-hmm. Dr. Rosalind Arden, and Laura Drotleff. Okay, and we must thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin coat and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. And if you have a question, write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. We'll cover it on next week's show. And if you've missed any portion of this show, visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channels and listen to the Link Podcast on Monday morning. And most importantly, remember, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. Tune in each week for the latest 411 on everything pet related. Visit our website at www.thepetbuzz.com. Learn more about us, the show, and our guests.